Amen. I want you to open up your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Mark, chapter 5. We're going to open up our miracle book, the Bible. Amen. And listen to some miracle words of God. Amen. And we're going to talk about a miracle working God. And we have the miracle moving of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, because we're gathered in a house of believers that believe in the miracles of God. Amen. And so we're, we, we're talking about the miracle power of God. And uh, I thank the Lord for his goodness, his love, his mercy. And what a joy. Let's all stand and we'll ask uh, for the reading of God's word just in salute to God's word. Verse 21 of chapter 5 of the book of Mark. This story is found in Matthew chapter 9, of course, here in this chapter and in Luke chapter 8. This is about a, a, a ruler of the synagogue by the name of Jairus, who was a ruler in Capernaum, in the synagogue in Capernaum. This man had a little girl, 12 years old, that came down deathly sick. In fact, to the point that the little girl did die. Thank God, Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. No matter what happens, our God is in control, and our God can do great miracles. And so Jairus goes to find Jesus, and we're going to begin reading with verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea, that is Galilee, and behold, there cometh one, the ruler of a synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought Jesus greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. And she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue, power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. I'm going to stop there for the sake of time. Um, you may be seated. I want to talk about the miracle crowd. There is a crowd that you would call the pleasure crowd. They go after pleasure. There is the atheistic crowd, the religious crowd, the non-religious crowd. There are those in this world that are crowded with all kinds of 
uh, disbelief and all kinds of sorrow and, and heartache. Uh, but I want to talk to you tonight about the miracle crowd. The miracle crowd. Thank God there is a miracle crowd. And you're in it if you believe that Jesus Christ is a sovereign almighty God, that he still heals, still performs miracles, you can be part of this miracle crowd. This miracle crowd is not a crowd that you're born again into. You're, you can only be born again into the family of God. But you've got to choose to join the miracle crowd. You've got to choose to get with people that believe that God can do anything. You've got to get with a group of people that believes this book, believes this, that God still heals. You've got to be with a crowd that is with Jesus, the power of Jesus, not just a Jesus historically, not just a Jesus that we learn about in, in, uh, in a story, but the living, active, powerful, living Savior that lives and heartbeats in our heart, the powerful Son of Almighty God. And when you join yourself to the miracle crowd, you can expect great things to happen. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to talk about the miracle crowd tonight. And I want to once again say, uh, as I said a moment ago, you don't actually uh, join. You don't actually, you're not born into the miracle crowd. Miracles don't come automatically because you believe on Jesus. It, it's something that you have to pursue something that you have to reach for because they that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, according to Hebrews eleven six. So it's something that you have to stir yourself in the throne room of God and stir yourself for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. In the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Luke, we, we read where Jesus Christ is making his ascent up to a city called Nain. And in that chapter 7, 11, he's beginning to move toward the city of Nain. And while he's moving toward the city of Nain, there is a crowd with Jesus. And that crowd is the miracle crowd. They are with Jesus. Verse 11, Luke 7, and it came to pass the day after that Jesus went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. They were the miracle crowd. But then again, there was another crowd in verse 12. And this crowd is the dying crowd, the heartbroken crowd, the devastated crowd. Look in verse 12, Luke 7 and when Jesus came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of that city was with her. So you have two crowds clashing. Jesus Christ is coming to the city of Nain with his disciples and with the miracle crowd. They are shouting, they're praising God, they're seeing Jesus flex his spiritual muscles, they're seeing the lame leap for joy, they're seeing the blinded eyes opened, they're seeing a God of might and a God of power, and, a power, and they're shouting, they're praising God, and they're giving God glory, and all of a sudden they step up to a silent place, and there's a little widow sobbing. And they come up to a crowd of people that was with this widow, carrying her only son, 
out to the graveyard. This widow has been there before because she had buried her husband there sometime before. And she's, they're carrying this dead young man out. The Bible, Jesus declared him as a young man. And they're carrying this young man out to bury him in the grave. And Jesus meets a crowd of people. A crowd of people that was sobbing, a widow that had lost her husband, now she's lost her son. In fact, it's her only son. And in those days, if a widow lost her only son, her husband, of course, and their only son, she would have no way to make a living. The, in those days, the lady had to have a, a man's support in order to survive. And the Bible says not so much about Jesus seeing the dead boy. He says three times he saw her. He saw the widow, saw her. He saw her weeping. He saw her heartbroken. He saw her devastated. And Jesus was moved with compassion. There, clashing with a, a crowd, a dying crowd, a crowd that is hurting, a crowd that is destitute, a crowd that has no hope. But yet the miracle crowd steps up. And Jesus Christ says, hold your peace. The casket bears stop. And Jesus walks up to the open casket. And he says, young man, arise. And when he said to the young man, arise, the young man sit up straight. And I could just hear maybe Jesus say to him in silence, go get a job and support your mother. I don't know what was worse, whether it'd been better to stay in paradise or be told to go get a job and support your mother. I believe it was a tremendous miracle that God resuscitated this man, raised him from the dead, and you see the miracle working power of God. And the young man was restored. He wasn't buried in the ground. The, the, the dying crowd walked away praising God. The crowd that was sobbing walked away wiping the tears away. And the tears would be replaced by tears of joy. The tears of sorrow would be gone. And the tears of joy would flood their heart. And the little widow's no longer there in sorrow and grief. She wraps her arms around her, her young son and they walk back down into the city of Nain and they prepare to walk in the miracle crowd themselves. Yeah. God wants you to live in the miracle crowd. There's a whole world out there that lives in the pleasure crowd. A whole world out there that lives in the God-doubting crowd. In fact, there's a whole world out there that lives in a religious crowd. They're not seeing anything happen. They're just going through the motions. But how many know God wants us to not just go through the motions. God wants us to go through the commotion of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he wants us to be part of the miracle crowd. The miracle crowd is the crowd that you want to be in. We, you, we come to that miracle crowd. We join that miracle crowd. Miracle crowd, and, uh, and just as there was a miracle crowd that met at the city of Nain, and there was a dying crowd, you need to avoid the dying crowd. 
and hook up to the living crowd. You need to, you need to avoid the, the dying, starving, sin-filled crowd and get in the miracle crowd. You need to get in the miracle line. Get in, get in line for a miracle. Amen? Jarius had a only daughter, 12 years old. And when he left the house at Capernaum, Jairus was a, was a ruler of the synagogue. He was a high-standing, outstanding, respectable Jewish leader. In fact, he was the one that oversaw the, the duties and the things that would happen in the synagogue. And his little daughter, his only daughter, gets sick. And how many know you'll do anything to see your little ones healed? You'll do anything. And Jairus gets up, the little girl's at the point of death. He runs to Jesus, and Jesus is at the sea. He's just getting out of the boat. He's right there at the sea. And Jairus walks to the crowd, and everybody says, step aside, Jairus is here, step aside, Jairus is here, step aside, Jairus is here. And Jairus walks up, and while Jesus is still standing in the water, he falls on his face and says, please, come and heal my daughter. She is at the point of death. And Jesus Christ said, let's go. Hey, you done met the miracle worker, let's go. You done came up to the miracle crowd, let's go. And so Jesus begins to make his way away from the sea toward Capernaum. And while he's going toward Capernaum from Galilee, there's a woman that heard about Jesus. And this woman had spent everything she had on physicians. She had a blood disorder. She was bleeding. And according to the law of Leviticus, she was unclean. She was not to go into the temple. She was not to touch anyone because she had a bleeding disorder. And because of that, she was considered unclean. But she heard of Jesus. And when she heard that Jesus could raise the dead, and she heard that Jesus could heal the sick, and she heard of Jesus' mighty power, she said, you know, I think I'm going to slip into the miracle crowd. Well. Woo! Well, glory. She said, I'm going to slide into the miracle crowd. Now, she wasn't supposed to be in the miracle crowd because she was unclean of a bleeding disorder. But she had heard of Jesus. And she kept saying in herself, if I can but brush the hem of his garment, if I can just touch his clothes... I'll be healed. I know that if I can get through the miracle crowd, I can receive a healer because the miracle Jesus, the miracle God, is up front of that crowd leading the way. Now, I mean, know oh, Jesus Christ will lead the way for you to have miracles in your life too. And the woman, 12 years of an issue of blood. The little girl was 12 years old. She's dying, Jairus' daughter. This woman is 12 years of blood disorder. So as long as that little girl of Jairus lived, this woman had been suffering from bleeding disorder. And she was considered someone that was unclean. She was a Jewish person. 
but she was not to touch anyone because according to the law of Leviticus, she was declared an unclean person. But you know what she said to herself? If I can just touch him, if I can, in fact, I don't have to touch him. If I can just brush up against his clothes, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, the Bible indicates that she kept saying that. She kept saying, if I can just touch, kept saying within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And so she got in the miracle crowd. And not only did she get in the miracle crowd, she got in the miracle line. Hello? She got in the miracle line. This world will say to you, when you get in the miracle line, you don't belong here. The world will say, you're out of line. I was up at Come and Go the other day, and it was pretty busy, and there's a big line. And a woman came in. She was in a hurry. Obviously, she was in labor. She's going to the hospital. She came in. There's a big line. She jumped line. She jumped ahead of line. Someone shouted out, hey, you jumped ahead in line. She said, yes, and I'm going to stay here too until I get what I need. I've got to go to the doctor. Now, how many know she belonged in that, she belonged in that line? Amen. In fact, they ought to all parted and let her go ahead lest they have to deliver a baby themselves. I know I was back at the back of the line. But the world would say, you're out of line. You're out of line to believe in a God that will heal the sick. You're out of line to believe in a God that will raise the dead. You're out of line to believe in a God of miracles today. The world would tell you you're out of line, but you're not out of line. The world would say, uh, Jairus would say, this woman is... She has no business in line. They're on their way to heal his daughter. And, and, and he's worried about his daughter. She's at the nigh death. In fact, she did die. And can you imagine Jairus thinking, I'm the ruler of the synagogue. I've got a name. My name's Jairus. Everybody knows me. And here this nobody comes in and gets in the miracle crowd and butts in line. I want you to know, with God, there's no button in line. Just get in line. Amen? He's quicker than a Walmart checkout person. He can move. Amen? And notice she had no business even in the line because she was unclean. But she went in the line anyway. And I want you to, I want you to know tonight that you can be next in line for a miracle. You can be next in line for a miracle. You really can. Because God's still a God of miracles. And this woman kept saying within herself, God can do it. She kept saying in herself, Jesus can do this. She kept saying to herself, there's nothing impossible with Jesus. She kept saying to herself, if I can just brush against his clothes, I'll be made whole. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She kept saying to herself, God is big enough. Jesus is loving enough. Jesus is powerful enough. If I can just get to him and touch his clothes, just brush against him, I'll receive a download of a miracle. Maybe it's an upload of a miracle. 
And when she touched Jesus, and by the way, this fact that when she touched Jesus and she actually, when she touched Jesus, the Lord, virtue came out of Jesus and she was healed instantly. She was given a miracle. This, this tells me right now that it is God's will to heal you. Jesus didn't even know. Well, he knew about it, but you know what I mean. At this juncture in the story, he didn't know. Nobody else knew. This woman came in and took from Jesus that which Jesus was not even giving. But she reached out and touched Jesus. And because it's the nature of Jesus to heal, because it's the nature of God to perform miracles, because it's the nature of God to heal, deliver, and set free, because it's the nature of God, you just touch God, and his nature, his power will search through you. And when this woman was healed, Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And the disciples looked around in the miracle crowd and they said to Jesus, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. And he said, no, somebody touched me in faith. Somebody touched me, somebody touched me to the point that the power of God, the virtue of God, the energy of God surged out of me into her. He said, who touched me? And when he looked around in the crowd, I think his eyes fastened on the woman that was healed. And when the woman thought to herself and seen that she could not be hid, she came forward. She ran, I think, to the feet of Jesus and told him everything that ever happened. She came true to God. And not only did she receive her miracle, pardon the pun, she came clean. Amen? That's good stuff. God's a miracle-working God. And she got in line. And the world say, well, you're out of line. The world say, you stepped out of line. The world say, you butted in line. The, the world would say, she has no business in line. Even re religious people would say, well, you don't have any business in line. But if you're sick, you've got business at the feet of the great physician. If you need a miracle, you've got business in the throne room of God. If you need a touch from the Lord and you need a miracle to flow through your body, soul, and spirit, you have the right to step forward to the throne room of grace and by boldness come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why? Because it's God's will and nature to heal you. And the woman that was with an issue of blood was totally healed. Woo, I tell you what, that had to be just incredible. And all the time, Jairus is wringing his hands. It's going to be too late. My daughter's even now dead. It's going to be too late. And Jesus Christ says, Jairus, just believe. Just calm down. Just believe. Let's march this miracle crowd to your home. And so the miracle crowd marched with Jesus to the home of Jairus. And then they met another crowd that was not a miracle crowd. They met a crowd that was whining and crying and cadooing over death. They met a crowd that was bound by sorrow and heartbreak. And they, they were making noise and they were getting ready for a burial, getting ready for a, a, a funeral. And the miracle crowd walks up to the house. 
And the other crowd is in the house crying and sobbing. And Jesus Christ says, uh, Peter, John, James, come with me. And they walked into the house, and, Jai- and someone runs to Jairus and says, don't trouble the master. In fact, before he even got there, some, a servant came and said, don't trouble the master. Your daughter's dead. And Jesus Christ said, oh, no, 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 just believe. And when he got there, he said, she's not dead. Jesus Christ said, the, the little girl's not dead. She's just asleep. And everybody laughed him to scorn, made fun of the miracle worker, made fun of the miracle crowd, made fun of the miracle power of God Almighty, mocked Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said, out. Every one of you deadbeats out of the house. Yeah, but I'm Baptist, out. Yeah, but I'm Methodist, out. Yeah, but I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a Pharisee. Out. Well, the Sadducees were already out, but they don't believe nothing. And Jesus goes with Jairus and his three disciples, and he says, the maid is not dead, but she sleeps. And they go in to the room where the little girl's laying. Mama's there. Daddy's there. Peter, James, and John is there. Later on, Peter will mock this same miracle. He'll actually repeat this same miracle in the book of Acts. And Jesus reaches over and says to the little girl, young maid, Talakuma, arise. And she sat up straight. And she was healed. Why? Because the miracle man walked in the room. But remember that it wasn't just the miracle man there. There was also three other miracle men. Peter, James, and John. And Jairus was to see a great move of God. And the mother, no doubt, was beside herself with joy and glee and happiness. Because we need to understand that this world needs a miracle crowd. And this world needs a miracle worker. And the only miracle worker that lives and exists is Jesus Christ. This world needs, a, needs this miracle book. This, word, this world needs this miracle word. This world needs this miracle Holy Spirit. We need a miracle. You say, I don't believe in miracles. Well, you will someday. You'll need one someday. Amen. And we need to be among the miracle crowd. I'm glad our church is a miracle crowd. Amen? I'm glad that everybody in this room, you're part of a miracle crowd. A miracle crowd. Why? Because Jesus is our Savior and there's nothing impossible with Him. God can do anything. Amen? He can raise the dead. He can heal the sick. He can... Perform great miracles. Why? Because he's the miracle worker. We have the miracle word of God right here in our hearts and in our hands and in your lap. You have the miracle word of God. You got the miracle God that raised Jesus Christ, his son from the dead. You got Jesus Christ who lives. And remember last Wednesday I said, miracles prove, miracles prove that Jesus is still alive. 
And our God is still alive. Today, I was sitting at a table. We were having lunch. I didn't say anything to Judy and Joshua, the people that were there, but I'm looking out the window. And I'm looking up in the sky. And in my heart, down deep in my soul, I said, Lord, we need some miracles. Our nation needs some miracles. Our church needs some miracles. And if you choose not to return today, it would sure be a wonderful blessing if you would do some miracles between now and your return. Because I do believe in a miracle-working God. And I believe that God's silence is no proof that he doesn't bring miracles about. And Jairus may have felt cheated. He may have even felt this woman had no right to be in line. She had no business in line. But she did have business in line because she needed a miracle. And I want you to know, you can't butt in in the line to God. God welcomes all. You're next in line for a miracle. Jairus was next in line for a miracle. The lady with an issue of blood was next in line for a miracle. The young man at the city of Nain was next in line for a miracle. The widow was next in line for a miracle. And wherever Jesus Christ is, line up because you're next in line for a sovereign, almighty, wonderful God who heals today. Amen. Let me give you some scripture. Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 21, or 22. Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22. My son, attend unto my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Now, I love that. He said, attend to my words, the Bible. Attend to what I've said. Incline your ear to my sayings. What was his sayings? I will come and heal him. What was he saying? Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. What was his sayings? He that believe in me shall never die. Believe us out there. What was his saying? All things are possible to him that believe it. Nothing is impossible to him that believe it. There was many sayings that Jesus Christ gave us. And let them not depart from your or from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. What things? The things he said, the word. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them. He's not just talking about spiritual salvation, not just talking about being born again in soul. He said, It is it is life unto those that find them, what his sayings, his word, and help to all their Say it, flesh. Flesh. It was flesh that Jesus healed when the woman had an issue of blood. It was flesh that, the, that the, a young man in the city of Nain rose 
up from the casket. It was flesh that the young little girl, uh, Telekumai, rose from her bed, Jairus' 12-year-old daughter. It was flesh that God healed the blind Bartimaeus. It was flesh that God called the layman to leap and walk. It was flesh that God raised Lazarus out of the tomb. It was flesh that God moved that Jesus Christ brought miracle after miracle after miracle on their flesh. Man, is so tired of people saying, yeah, well, that's just spiritual stuff. Well, he does spiritual healing. Mark chapter 2, the man sick of palsy, yeah, he got healed spiritually. He got forgiven. But he got healed in flesh. Come on now. Are you in flesh tonight? I didn't say, are you acting like flesh? I said, are you in flesh? Did you walk in here in flesh? Did you walk in this building in flesh? Someone that has cancer, do they have it in flesh or in their shoes? Or in their clothes? Someone has cancer, they have, they have it in their flesh. Someone has heart problems, they have it in their flesh. Someone has problems with memory and Alzheimer's, they have it in their flesh. Well, the Bible says that God heals flesh. Woo! God heals flesh. It's health unto all their flesh. Come on. You ought to be shouting right now. You ought to be like a choo-choo train chugging along right now. Excited. Psalm 107, verse 18 to 20. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. He's describing someone that's so sick they can't eat. He's describing someone that's so sick they can't eat. One of the things that happens right at the close of death is you can't eat. And the soul abhorreth all manner of meat. And they draw near to the gates of death. That's pretty, that's just about ready to die. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Come on. So I don't believe that. Well, you better start believing it's in the Bible. Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Spiritual healing, mind healing, salvation healing, who healeth all thy diseases, flesh. Come on. Flesh. You know, the miracle crowd believes what I'm preaching. Jesus came to deliver us from sin and death. And I want to say you need to just jump ahead in line. 
You need, you need to say, well, bless God. If he did it for Jairus, he'd do it for me. Bless God. If he did it for Jairus' daughter, he'll do it for me. Bless God. If he did it for, for blind Bartimaeus, he'll do it for me. Bless God. If he did it for Lazarus, he'll do it for me. Bless God. If he did it for others, he'll do it for me. I'm going to get in line. No matter if someone says I'm out of line, I'm not out of line. And if someone says, hey, get at the back of the line, there's no such thing as the back of the line with Jesus Christ. You're next in line for a miracle. Amen. See, there's both crowds. There's a crowd that says, I believe the doctor's more. There's a crowd that says, I believe that it's my time to go. And if it is, then go. Who am I to stand in the way of you knowing what you need to do? Well, I'm not ready to go yet. Bless God, you better be careful. You can't tell God that you're not ready to go. I'm not ready to go, honestly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll tell God that. I'm not ready to go. Now, if he chooses to take me out, then take me out. He ain't taking me out to the ball game. He's taking me to heaven if I go. But there is that crowd that's crying. There's that crowd that's the dying crowd. And please hear me. With all the respect and all the compassion and all the honor that we should grant those that are in this condition. We should show compassion and love. We should do everything in our power to encourage those that are in a place of dying or mourning or grief. The people that are in that crowd, they're in that crowd, and, and one day we'll be in that crowd, but we can just say, hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just scoot over to the other crowd. But honestly, I'm not speaking lie to people that's in the dying crowd because obviously if the Lord carries his coming, we're going to all die. So we're not speaking irreverently here. So we need to be compassionate to those. And how many know Jesus was very compassionate to the dying crowd? He gave them joy. He gave them peace. He gave them hope. Amen? So get in line. How do you get in line? You do like the woman with an issue of blood. You squeeze in. Don't worry about what anybody says. Just squeeze in. You may have no business in line, but if you're sick, you've got every intention and every desire to be in that line. And you can't say, well, it's not God's will to heal me because Jesus what you know, Reading the story, Jesus didn't even know. He asked, who touched me? Jesus wasn't asking, okay, who wants a miracle? Raise your hand. Jesus is walking along with the miracle crowd. This woman comes in behind. She gets in the crowd. She gets in the miracle crowd. She walks in line. She gets in line. She slips up, and she touches the hem of his garment. And pardon the expression, she steals a miracle. She takes a miracle from Jesus. And if that isn't proof that it's God's will to heal, I don't know what is. It is God's will to heal because the very nature of Jesus Christ was to cleanse the leper, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to open blinded eyes. And, the, and God's nature has not changed. Amen? Now, I don't know 
between here and between there, but I know what the scripture says in the middle. God brings health to all of our flesh. God's word is powerful. Did you see the story I just read to you? The soul abhors meat. It can't eat. It's at the place of not being able to eat anymore. Food doesn't sound good. You're weak. You're at the point of death. But yet Jesus Christ, the, the, uh, the, the writer, where is that? In Proverbs, I think it is. The, in Proverbs, he says, no, it's in Psalm 107, verse 18 and 20. The soul abhorreth all manner of meat. In other words, when you're about to die, you don't, you're not interested in baseball games. You're not interested in football games. You're not interested in entertainment. You're not interested in food. You're dying. And they draw nigh unto the gates of death. That's pretty much obvious that they're dying. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And he, Jesus, saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word, right here, healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. It was the word of God that brought me to salvation. It was the word of God that brought me to revelation. It is the word of God that brings me to you to preach the word. It is the word of God that brings joy to my soul. It is the word of God that carries me over to the other side, heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words, Jesus Christ said, my words shall not pass away. It is the word of God that brought me to an old-fashioned place of repentance, repentance of my sin, turning to Jesus Christ. The word of God brought salvation to my spirit. But hear me and hear me well, the word of God is powerful and it can and it does heal the flesh to the person of Jesus Christ. Wow. The same God that saved my soul is the same God that can heal my body. The same God that rose again from the dead is the same God that can give me a living, vibrant, energetic body in the things of the Lord. That God can touch me. And I want you to know it is the will of God. It is the will of God. If you'll just reach out and touch him, God wills to touch your life. You say, well, what if it's my time to go? Well, you say, you know, someone says, well, how long should I keep praying? You need to pray and talk to the Lord, believe God. How long should I keep praying? Now, I, people ask me, well, how long do I have to keep coming to church and listen to you? You know, how long do I have to listen to you preach? How long do I have to go to church? How long do I have to uh, read the Bible? How long do you have to eat? How long do you have to go to bed at night and sleep? How long do you have to drink water? As long as it takes to keep us alive. As long as it takes to keep us alive. How long do I have to keep showering? How long do I have to keep cleaning and washing my feet? As long as it takes to keep us alive. Literally. 
So next time someone tells you, well, God heals the spirit and not the, not the flesh, that's just simply not the truth. God is a God of miracles. Whether it be in spirit, soul, or body, God is a God of miracles. And he's not limited to bringing you a miracle. I just preach to the miracle crowd. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to stay in the miracle crowd. I'm going to walk with the miracle maker, the miracle creator, and I'm going to be in the miracle line. And I'm going to line up. And if the world says I don't have any business being in line, so be it. I'm going to get in line because Jesus loves sinners too. Jesus loves the unclean. He loves everyone. So get in line. Line up. You're next in line for a miracle. Now, here's the part that we need to do. We need to say to our hearts and our heart, our life, our heart, our soul, we need to say to our life, I believe in miracles. We need to say in our heart and say it over and over again, if I can but touch him, I will be made whole. We need to keep saying, keep praying, keep reaching. Even to the last moment of the closing of the scrolls, we need to say, God, nothing's changed about your power and nothing's impossible with you. And we need to keep going, keep serving, keep believing, staying in the miracle crowd. Well, the world gets in the pleasure crowd while the world goes after the pleasures of this world crowd, while the world goes after the religious crowd, while the world goes after the crowd of their own uh, doubts and unbeliefs, line up, church. We're in the miracle crowd. We're in a miracle church. Line up, church. Get in the miracle crowd and get in line. Get in the miracle line for your next in line for a miracle. Believe God. Trust God. Tonight, Take this to bed as you rest tonight. Take it in your heart. God, I'm ready for that miracle. I'm ready for that miracle. Stand with me. Are you part of the miracle crown? I am. Do you serve a miracle Savior that forgives and delivers? Do you... Do you believe in the miracle book, the Bible? Do you believe that there's nothing that our God cannot do? Do you believe God's still God over flesh? Do you believe that God is still powerful even over our flesh? He is. He is. If you're sick, go to the doctor. That's okay. Nothing wrong with going to the doctor. Nothing wrong with taking medicine. Do it. If you want to take medicine, you want to go to the doctor, do that. I'm, I do it myself. But I'll never forget that God is the great physician of this body. He made it. He can heal it. God is a God who heals all flesh. And by the way, it says in the last days that God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. And so when He pours out His Spirit upon all flesh, then all flesh has the joy and the possibility of healing. 
Amen. I'm preaching about miracles are real. And they are. Don't give up. Don't give up. Go ahead. Altar's open. If you need a miracle, we'll anoint you with oil and pray for healing for your bodies. I want you to pray for a little girl right now. Little Noah. I want you to pray right now for little Noah. Little Noah's got some high fever. And I want you to just say in yourself and in your heart, my God, you love little baby flesh. You love that little girl. And there's nothing that you cannot do. And God, we ask you as a church to break the fever, to give the miracle, to give the healing to that little girl. Lord, give the healing to those that are struggling with sickness in their body. We ask for a miracle for those in our church that are struggling with cancer. We ask God for a miracle for those that are struggling in their body. We ask God that you would be the God who heals all flesh. You're not only the great physician of our minds and our spirits, you're the great physician of our physical bodies. You made us. Lord, we're believing for healing. We're believing for miracles. We're believing, God, that you're going to touch our loved ones. You're going to extend the life of those that are terminal, that you're going to give them more life to live, more days of life. Lord, we believe it in the name of Jesus. We believe in miracles. Yes. Yes, you're not just shooting a BB gun at the moon. You're declaring the majestic, powerful God as healer. You're not just taking a vacant shot in the dark. You're looking to the King Jesus, the here, the miracle healer, the God of power and the God of might. Only believe. Only believe.